Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to episode 13 of Decoding Joseph. We are getting some unique insights into how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. 
the Arabadi live in key life principles to decode from the story of Joseph. And today we'll start with principle category number two, which is what is your purpose? You see, until we find out what it is that God has created us to do, we'll never be satisfied until you will never be satisfied until you walk in that destiny calling. In the last couple of episodes, we have been talking about uh, the first principle category, which is all centered around how our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. We decoded this as the character attitude Joseph must have had to overcome his background and betrayal from his own family and being sold into slavery. So without further ado, Today we'll just um, unveil, roll out the carpet for the second principle category, which I've already mentioned, which is all centered around what is your purpose? What, are you, what have you been called to do on this planet? You see, until we find out, until you find out what it is that God has created you to do, you will never be satisfied until you walk in that destiny calling. There are two things you can never satisfy with anything else. The first one is who your spirit man is attached to. Uh, we are three part beings. We are a spirit being with a soul and we live in a body. So there's three parts to us, but the, our spirits have been designed. The scripture says God is a spirit. It also says he is the father of spirits. When he created man, he breathed his spirit into man. So we come from him. So we are always going to be, our spirits are always going to be yearning to go back to where we came from or to go back into union with the parent spirit. We are child spirits and the parent spirit is our heavenly creator. So it's only the spirit of God that can fill the gap in our spirits. Because in the beginning, we were one spirit with the creator. And when the fall of man happened, we were separated. Our spirits were separated from God's spirit. That's what the fall of man was all about. The fall of man was a separation of spirits. Because when God gave him instruction saying, in the day that you shall eat of this fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall die. When Adam and Eve ate of the tree, of the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, they did not physically die immediately. In fact, uh, they went on to live for a really long time. Uh, I think the scripture talks about Adam, I think went on to live until he was about 930 years old. So evidently it was more than physical death. It was, but immediately 
the physical death would later on come from spiritual death. The first death that they had to deal with was spiritual death, a separation of their spirits. It's almost like their spirits no longer had the, 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 the life of the Father in them. So we shall always be looking for that reunification. You can never replace the whole of your spirit with anything else. You can't. That's why there's no amount of flesh or carnal desires that can ever truly satisfy a man. You could have a hundred houses, mansions, and you could still be miserable. You could have a hundred cars. You could be a billionaire. You could have all the sex in the world with as many women as you desire. From all kinds of races, it doesn't matter. You could have, you could eat from the best restaurant, from the top chefs, all the days of your life. You could drink the best wine. You could smoke weed. You could do any, any of these things you could partake in. You could have them all at your disposal. But there's a part of you that cannot be satisfied. That part of you is your spirit. It can only be satisfied by the spirit of God. It can only be satisfied. Think of it as a, as a plug. And you plugging it into a wall socket. Your spirit can only be satisfied when you plug it into the spirit of God. That's the only place satisfaction is ever going to come from. That's where contentment comes from. So you could partake in all of these things and satisfy the flesh or gratify your body for some time. You know, you could, you could get high and, and feel the euphoria and that, but that will wear out and you'll have to do it again. The moment um, the sex is done, the sex high wears off. It won't be long. You'll still be craving and wondering for more up to a point where you just feel like throwing it up. Because at a certain point, you get to a point where you have indulged your human flesh, your carnality, to the point it can't take any more but you will still have that gap inside of you not filled. You'll still feel empty. So there's a gap inside of us, inside of our spirits, that these things can't and will never be able to satisfy. So we're talking about purpose and saying, until you find out what it is that God has created you to do, you'll never be satisfied until you walk in that destiny calling.
<clears throat> the second is your destiny calling. You see, God has blessed everyone with unique gifts and talents for a specific, unique purpose. So he's designed you with unique gifts that you're supposed to apply to a unique mission on this planet. And there's, a, there's an interesting psalm. It's, it's from the book of Psalm 82. It, it's very interesting. It says, let me, let, me, let me pull it up here. It's worth reading. But it says, how long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Now, the key phrase is right here. It says, all, the, the, the phrase that I want to bring your attention to is, Psalms 82, verse 5, it says, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. And I, I personally believe that the reason why this world is in the mess that it is in is because we, people have been cast into different roles. Uh, people, people are not playing the positions that they should be playing. You know, some people haven't gone on a journey of discovering what, they, what God has called them to do. So the rest of us are suffering. Yes. Some people haven't picked up the baton of discovering what is it that life has for what is it that life has for me? What is it that I have to offer this world? What is it that I have to offer this planet? We have very few people contributing to the to the big picture to the to the bigger cause of our existence and that's why when the scripture says all the foundations are out of course it, 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 we see that right now in the world it feels like everything somehow is out of course everything you know um because these the biggest majority of people on this planet are not playing the position that they should be playing. So the majority of people on this planet are suffering. Because everyone has a specific role. You know, in, in basketball, there's a, there's a term that they use which is called role players. And, and, and what it basically means is you could have a team of superstars, you know, about three or four, but they can't get the job done if they don't have good role players. And then also you, you look at 
maybe they always talk about the strength of the bench, meaning when, when the when the when the when the star of the team is tired and he has to be sobbed out for a few minutes, who can you bring on that can hold the lead? You know, in 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 football, in 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 American football, you have it's almost like you have a team, but the team has two teams within it because you have part of the team plays offense and the other part of the team plays defense. So some players play on the offensive side of the ball, other players play on the defensive side of the ball. And you need to have a balance. You need to have a balance. You need everyone on both the sides of the ball to play their role. So our world is out of course and there's a lot of frustration right now. There's a lot of frustration right now. Everything just seems out of course. Everything seems out of course. And what's interesting is that it should be the time when things should be on course because of the technology that we have with all the knowledge that ha has become available to us with how fast it is to share information. But fundamentally, the foundations of the world are out of course. And scriptures, that's what scripture says. It says all the foundations of the earth are out of course course so we, we we are off course and it's because these people that god has blessed with with unique gifts and talents but they just haven't taken any uh personal mandate or uh taken it upon themselves to say hey what is it that i was called to do and until they do that we shall continue to have um, the problems that we have. You see, everyone, not everyone is called to do real estate. Not everyone's called to be a musician. Not everyone's called to be an actor. Not everyone's called to play sports. Not everyone's called to be a teacher, doctor. Not everyone's called to be an artist. Not everyone's called to be a, um, yeah, like whatever it is. But the thing is, now we have people trying to do other people's roles. And yeah, they might be doing it at a, they might be doing it good at a certain degree, but the maximum, the best output, the maximum efficiency, the best outcome will only ever be able, will only ever be realized until the person who was designed or created to do that thing stands up, rises up to the occasion and takes on that responsibility. So yeah, you think of it as a puzzle. Until we fit the gifts and talents that God has blessed us with, the specific purpose that he has ordained for us to complete here on earth, until that happens, you will never be satisfied with what you're doing, no matter how much money you're being paid.
you will always feel like it just doesn't fit right. That's that's the truth. That's the reality. Uh, you don't you don't need to believe in God, or you don't you don't you don't need to be a Christian to just look around. You know the Bible tells us this, but you can look around with your own eyes and see what's going on in the world, and you'll be able to arrive at this conclusion. But Scripture always tells us these things. Scripture always tells us these things. And we have several scriptures that speak to this, actually. One of them is Proverbs 27, 8, and it says, Like a bird that wanders from its nest is a man who wanders from his place. That means there is a place that has been created for you. Think of this place as your calling, your destiny. And so as a bird can wander from its nest, so can you wander from your destiny and your calling and end up out of course. Psalms 42 verse 1 says, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. And this ties into no matter how much you try to satisfy the flesh, you will never really be satisfied until you plug your spirit into the spirit of God. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. Then another really interesting illustration of this comes from uh, John, the Gospel of John, chapter 4. In the Gospel of John, we read about this interesting encounter between Jesus and the woman at the well. It's very interesting. Uh, this is from John chapter 4, verses 6 to 15. I just kind of read the whole story here. Well, a, a good portion of it so that you can really know what's happening. So, anyways, Jesus is walking uh, with his disciples. They're coming from somewhere. And then he tells them he has to go through this region of Samaria. Now, of course, Jesus had insight. He had some knowledge of why he had to go there. The meeting with this woman was very important. Now, there's other significances to, to this meeting with this woman who was not a Jew. Uh, he was breaking, first of all, he was also breaking racial barriers. So anyways, you will see this in the story. So in John chapter 4, verses 6 to 15, uh, this is what we read. It says, now Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, is, he decides to pass through this, this region, and he decides to stop over at a well by, that was built by one of the forefathers called Jacob. He was tired. That's what the scripture says. It says, this is verse 6. It says, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. Now there came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away unto the city to buy food. 
Verse 9. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asks a drink of me? Saying, you know, as you can see, there is a racial tension there. Saying, how is it that you, being a Jew, is asking me for a drink? Which I'm a woman of Samaria. Now, there's already two things here that are happening. Some, again, you remember how you know how the scripture said, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. So there's two racial um these these different uh found these different things happening here that Jesus is is gonna break through certain barriers or certain um pre predispositions or cultural you know cultural barriers the first one she's saying I'm a woman of Samaria, and you are a Jew. Now, first of all, she's saying, she's saying I'm, I'm a Samarian, and you're a Jew. And then also, I'm a woman, and you're a man. Do you see what, what, what's happening here? For the Jews have no dealing. This is what she says in verse 9. She says, the woman then says the woman of Samaria unto Jesus, how is it that you, being a Jew, asked drink of me? which I'm a woman of Samaria. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Wow. This is again one of the things where, you know, we see this in our world today. For this race, you know, shouldn't do this with this other race. Or men and women shouldn't do this or women should stay here men should stay there and 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 she's saying for the jews have no dealings with the samaritans and of course in typical jesus fashion once again we see one of the classic one of the classic uh classic responses we read throughout scripture from the gospels so verse 10 jesus answered and said unto her if you knew the gift of god and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. Wow. Again, we're about to see something here. Um, again, Jesus is just not, he, he's using a phrase called living water. And remember we're talking about uh, the things that can't satisfy, the things that you can't replace. Uh, when we when talking about this question of what is your purpose, and first of all, knowing why you're on this planet, where you come from, and also understanding that there's a spirit man in you, and that spirit man can only be satisfied by the spirit of God. And, and we're seeing Jesus mention this here. He's saying, Jesus answered and said unto her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you to give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. The woman said unto him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. From where then 
do you have this living water that you're talking about? Verse 12, it's very interesting. She says, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? <laughs> he's, he's the classic line I was talking about, verse 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come here to draw. She's saying, this water that you're talking about, this living water, give it to me that I will thirst not again, and I won't need to come back here to draw. Now, Jesus is talking about the water that he gives is, is, is and, and if the water, whoever drinks of the water that Jesus has to offer, you know, you will never thirst again. But the water that you shall give shall be in, in you a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So this is, this is kind of like, the, the this beautifully paints uh you know this 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 brings this drives the point home that are saying no matter what you do no matter how many things you can satisfy your flesh with houses cars money sex food alcohol drugs you will always thirst again but once you satisfy your spirit you won't even need those things again like you won't, you won't need to consume those other things again because you will finally find a resting place for your spirit and your spirit will have finally reunified with the spirit of the per, of, of, with the spirit that created it it's like it's like a it's like a bear cub coming back to mama bear that's how this this whole this whole thing is in life and then it's the same thing when you talk about your destiny your calling until you find it you will wander from job to job from trying this to trying that but until you find what you are called to do you will keep wandering and thirsting after other things but the moment you find your calling your destiny what you're called to do, what God, what God has created you to do, you will never thirst again. You'll be like, okay, this is it. This is it. All I have to do is drive the rest of the way. So another thing for us to really take away is that the strength to endure the unknowns and storms of life ultimately comes down to knowing our purpose on this planet. And we're going to see that with our main character, Joseph, that for him 
to have endured the storms of his life, it all goes back to when he first found out about his purpose and his calling. And that became the anchor onto which he kind of touched his rope and started to climb up the cliff. He started to climb up the side of a mountain. You see all these mountain climbers, you know, they can only climb up after they finally throw, you know, they, they, they put a nail in or they throw the rope, it anchors onto something, and then they can start to go up the side of, to go up the mountain. And, and that's what it feels like for us. It says in Jeremiah 29, verse 11, I just want to leave you with this. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. For I know the plans I have for you. This is what another translation says. This is the NIV, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So if you don't have a purpose, the guiding stir of reason and being and your existence, you will not have a strong foundation to overcome the storms that come your way in this journey called life. Selah. This was episode 13 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership Through the Life and Story of Joseph from the Book of Genesis. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring this principle of knowing your purpose. What is your purpose? Why are you here? What has God called you to do? You see, strength to endure the unknowns and storms of life can only come from knowing your ultimate purpose on this planet. We've all been created for a specific purpose. But if you do not know what your purpose is, what you've been called to do, the guiding stir, if you do not know the guiding stir of reason and being for your existence, you will not have a strong foundation to overcome the storms that come your way. The reason Joseph was able to go through the storm of being sold into slavery by his own brothers and many other storms of betrayal is because he knew what his purpose was. God had revealed this to him. So in the next episode, we'll continue to explore this aspect of how knowing your purpose is the ultimate anchor to overcoming the storms of this life. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.